All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Portions of this hour brought to you by Epcor. Community stormwater facilities are beautiful to look at. They are not safe for recreation. Think twice, stay safe this winter, and find a safe rink to skate on. Learn more at epcor.com. From puck drop to kickoff, it's the Jason Greger Show on Sports 1440. Presented by PlayAlberta.ca, Alberta's only regulated online gambling website. After 5 o'clock, how are you? Welcome back. Jason Greger Show on Sports 1440. Orders Nation YouTube is always presented by PlayAlberta.ca, where you can uh, get in the game. Of course, uh, odds boosts, little small bets uh, for fun. Always stay within your limits. That's the key. Don't get, uh, don't, uh, don't chase. It's never good. Use your game sense. Go to gamesense.ab.ca. Jason Greger, Connor Halley, with you. Edmonton orders uh, into Chicago now. They will take on the Blackhawks tomorrow. Blackhawks are ravaged by injuries, to say the least. Like eight forwards on IR. Eight. That, I would love to know if that's the most at one time for an NHL team. And and the interesting thing is, it's not just eight. It's you look at like their highest paid forward now is Jason Dixon at uh, two point six five uh, million dollars. They're, they're injured forwards, Taylor Hall, $6 million, Tyler Johnson, $5 million, Andreas Athanasiu, $4.2, Anthony Beauvillier, $4.1, Nick Foligno, $4, Connor Bedard, obviously their uh, rookie. They terminated Corey Perry, and then they have Joey Anderson, Taylor Radish, also, and Seth Jones. Now, Seth Jones maybe uh, might play tomorrow. 
We'll see. They have $35 million, 35.4 mil uh, on IR. That is crazy. So, um, the, uh, but they beat the, they beat the flames and guess what? When you play the games, anything can happen. And that's what happened. Let's get to the uh, spec report now. Brought to you by Next Gen Transportation, heavy haul transport provider, 100% locally owned and operated. And uh, very proud that uh, one of their employees, uh, Devo, is qualified for the uh, Canadian National Bobsled Team. He's uh, racing now. They're on the uh, World Cup Tour and have Olympic qualifiers coming up. Actually going to join us on the show to talk about that. I'm very curious about like the Bobsleigh Tour and how it works. So it's coming up later on this week. Mark Spector joins us from the Windy City in Chicago. Speck, how you doing? Doing okay. You know what? All these injuries, like Chicago tanked last year and everybody knew it. That was the deal. They're tanking. It's kind of hard to tank two years in a row and get another really high pick. But all these injuries, man, caves to the cave the bird uh, in the next draft. I think that they're going to finish it. Well, dead last. They're going to finish yeah. yeah, we're going we're gonna to get you on a better line here, Spec. I think we'll get you on a different line here in a sec. Here. Connor's going to put you on hold, so we'll clean that up a little bit. So that's uh, can't really comprehend. I was cutting in and out too much. So we'll try to get a clearer line so everybody can uh, hear the, the words of wisdom. We don't want any of those uh, pearls of wisdom to be uh, unheard from Spec. So we'll try to uh, clear that up. Who knows what was happening there, but it sounded a little, a little crackly to say the uh, least. So I think basically what he's saying is like, now I, I think the Blackhawks, they were, they wanted to compete, but I also think they wanted to just have some veteran guys around their players. So, you know what? You learn how to become a professional, even when you're losing, it's hard, but you know, Nick Felino is a very salt of the earth type of person, right? Uh, Taylor Hall is a very skilled player that could help Bedard on the ice. No question about that. Right. But they still obviously were lacking skill up and down the lineup enough to be a competitive team. But I don't think many thought they were going to be, you know, right dead last. But now with all these injuries, like if they finish last this year, it's kind of like the order. Remember when the orders finished dead last in 2009-10? Now go back. When the season began, no one thought the orders were going to be that bad. Right. And the reason they became that bad that year was of injuries. They got crushed by injuries that season. Now they weren't they weren't going to be a playoff team. Don't get me wrong, but remember Nikolai Habibulin uh, went down. They had they had injuries all over the place. Right? Lots of guys missing twenty. Lubomir Vishnovsky missed twenty five games. Smead missed thirty games. Like their defense was banged up all over the place, right? And uh, Steos forty games. Surrey missed over forty games. Hemsky missed I think like sixty games, uh, something like that. So uh, I think the orders. It's, it's got to be 33-plus. Like they, they had a ridiculous amount of players play that year. So um, when you have this type of injuries, I don't care who you are. Like Chicago, they weren't going to be good to begin with, but now, come on. Uh, although they did beat Calgary, so anything can happen. Specs back now uh, on a cleaner. Uh, no, he isn't yet, so uh, we're waiting still. Oh, all right. So, hey, Gregor, they did beat Calgary. Well, that's my point, JC. Exactly. And you know what? Now they got a little confidence and they're, they're playing. They got like no expectations in Chicago. Now there's absolutely none. You got a bunch of young players. that are like, you know what? I got an opportunity here to showcase that I can be an NHL player and you know, maybe earn another contract. Cause everybody, you go look down Chicago's lineup. Like there's not a lot of forwards that have contracts next year Two, 
Philip Kurashev and Ryan Donato. That's it. The others are either UFAs and they got some RFA guys who really aren't proven players yet. And we've seen how the NHL teams treat RFAs lately. There's lots of guys who don't get qualified. Right? And some of them end up not getting contracts, getting PTOs. Right? Not even being back in the league. So I can understand, you know, there, there's lots of motivation there. As uh, we are back with uh, with Spec now, so yeah, Spec like the orders clearly on paper are a clear favorite for this game tomorrow night. There's no arguing that. But as we saw against Calgary, man, anything can happen uh, when once the puck drops. Yeah, I think the best thing that could happen for Edmonton is the fact that Calgary just lost. Right? Like you can tell guys, ah, you know these guys could beat you, and you might have some guys that go, yeah, I'm not sure they can beat you. <laughs> but they just beat somebody like yesterday, so <laughs> you know there's that's good for Edmonton because listen, Edmonton can still play their B game and beat this team, but I sense they'll play their A game. They're, they're playing pretty good hockey, Jay. Like there's not a lot of holes in this team right now. No, that's fair. There's a, there's not a lot, and um, you know there's the intrigue of uh, of where they can go for, from here for this group. And so I asked you, Spec, and we're going to ask Woodley, um, which game would you play, Pickard? Well, I had them playing in Detroit uh, last week. That's my game. Okay. Um, I'm playing them in Detroit. Stu's had, you know, there's so many days off going on around here. It's ridiculous. So I'm playing them on two days rest um, and then giving them another, what, one, two, three days off before it started Montreal. So I play them in Detroit. What about you? Yeah, that would make sense, too. Um, for me, I'm kind of, I still think I'd play them tomorrow. And uh, and then you know what? So he gets a little extra day off between now. And then you play him tomorrow, or sorry, you play Picker tomorrow. So Skinner's off Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I know he has practice in between there. And then yeah, he, he he can play Thursday, Saturday, two days off, and then I play him against Toronto. Uh, yep, all of that's fair. All I know is like. I almost want to eliminate the games that I'm giving to my starter and then figure out which ones I'm giving to Pickard. So the number one goalie gets to play Saturday night in Montreal because that's a fun, cool game. And Skinner wants that game, and he gets that game. Then you come home and you're playing the Leafs. You're putting Skinner in for that game. So, you know, the point we're making here is that brings us down to Chicago or Detroit. Pickard's got to get one of them. We can argue all night over which one he should get. I don't really care. But Pickard's got to get one of them for sure. Uh, as of right now, they uh, didn't recall anybody. So it uh, looks like they're going to run with six defense. But now maybe they make the recall tomorrow just to save every day of cap space. But if we look ahead to the trade deadline, if the orders want to just run with six D-men on this road trip, and, and kind of roll the dice because they do have a game between, uh, you know, so there would be time to fly in someone from Bakersfield to get to Detroit or, you know, Montreal if need be. So you could do it without having to recall them. And then you're just accruing more cap space, like a significant amount more um, when, you, when you have that $775 or $775K uh, of Gleason, right? So do you like it's now it's just like it's not a big risk. Because, you know, you could call a guy up. I guess the only negative spec is if you call the guy up, it's unlikely he would practice with your team between games, right? That's about the only negative. But, I don't know, these guys know systems. I don't think it would be that big of an issue. Do you? No, no, no. And, I, you know, this is the cap system that we live in. And, you know, if you accrue all these days 
whatever it is. What, do you know how much it is they accrue each day leaving the guy down? Like, what's the number? Right? Well, yeah, I'd have to calculate because they have about technically right now a million in a sum in cap space, right? But obviously, so if you don't use it, then you accrue it. And so I want it because basically how the season is split up. It's not split up by games. It's always split up by days. And usually it's about 185 days in the season, right? So when you're a $6 million player, you get paid for every day you're on the roster, right? That's how it works. So um, you would do the same thing for accruing cap space. Whatever your space is, that's for that day you're making the percentage. So honestly, I don't know what it is. It's a good question, Spec. Um, I don't know. Eight grand, maybe. Maybe, maybe more uh, than that. So it might not sound like a lot, but. You accrue that up over 60 days, all of a sudden that becomes significantly more. And right, It's a good question. I'll try to get the answer by tomorrow. I'll well, ask you know what it does, too, guys. is when the deadline comes and Ken Holland has, you know, more cap space yes. of his own, then he doesn't have the other have to make ask the other guy to retain as much in the deal. And then, you know, what is, like work backwards here. When I ask you to retain in a trade, you say, I'll retain, but now it's going to cost you a a draft pick. Mm-hmm. Well, the less you retain, the less of a draft pick you're asking for from me. So, yes. you know, every little 8,000 or 10,000 turns a fourth round pick into a fifth round pick into a sixth round pick, right? Come yeah. deadline day. Oh yeah. No, it all adds up. So I can understand why the orders would roll the dice and it's not a major risk to go with six D men. Like we said, they got games uh, in between the, uh, the Zach Hyman, development as a player in Edmonton has been fascinating to watch, right? He came in here as a 21 goal scorer, although that's kind of misleading because he had 21 goals in the fifties in 51 games one year, which obviously prorates to 33. So, well, you know, we could argue, you know, close to a 30 goal potential guy. Well, he's come here. He scored 27. Then he scored 36. Now he's already got 25 goals. And now we can say he's on pace for 58, but let's just say comfortably. I think we'd all agree he's going to surpass 36 again, barring injury, right? So 45, 50, whatever the number is, that's a significant improvement every year. And it's not like his style of game has changed spec, but he's really worked on becoming a better finisher in tight. Well, and I, I think, I also think, and I think he said this, so I know he said this to me the other night, uh, he's also, you know, he's a really smart guy. You've talked yeah. to him lots. I've talked to him lots. He's just, he's a smart guy, right? He's, he's, he, if he wasn't a hockey player, he'd be a lawyer or something, a partner in a law firm. Um, but what he's really done, and the, the, you know, he, he's figured out how to play with Connor McDavid. He spent a lot of time talking to Connor McDavid, like he said the other day. He says, I say to him, like, if you're going to do this, should I go over here or do you want me somewhere else, right? He, I've never seen a guy, he, he kind of invented that thing where he stands yeah. against the post and angles his body so the net gets about two feet wider for the guy shooting it. Now, that takes some courage, especially when Bouchard's firing. But that's smart. He's figured out how to get goals that go in off his shin pads more than most guys. He's... He's figured out where to stand, what to do, how to be. Remember, you know, Sid Crosby, they always say it's so hard to play with these superstars. And they went through a lot of guys. It turned out to be the best guys that ever played with Sid were guys like, you know, Chris Kunitz and Brian Rust and, you know, Gensel now is a little bit better player. But I think the best thing that Zach Hyman's done here in Edmonton is they brought in a very smart guy with skill. He's skilled. But he's figured out how to be the best line mate that McDavid could have. And now we're watching it all unfold here. Yeah. He, he's really, I, I like, you know, you know, there's all the adage, go to the net, go to the net. And that's true. 
go to the net. But you got to go to the net smart too, right? It's not like just yep. shoot the puck anywhere. Like there's better shots to take from certain different and certain better places to shoot the puck when you're doing it. And and that's what I think. And Zach Hyman's, I think, a great example for any people out there. Like it's almost not that you don't want your kid to think they can be Connor McDavid. It's just to be a skater like Connor McDavid is extremely difficult, right? Yeah. And and Zach Hyman, not what he's doing isn't hard. It's very hard, but it shows you that hard work combined with some intelligence and a commitment to always improving yourself, that's that's you're capable of that, right? Like I think Hyman continues probably one one of the underrated parts of his game spec is he's a pretty good skater. Like watch Hyman when you, when there's races to pucks and when Zach Hyman came, there's not a lot of people that talked about it, right? Like he's a little bit of an unorthodox skater, but man, he can really get there. Well, and he's that guy. We've all played with that guy who just outworked you all the time. Man. Yeah. I had to play, used to play with a guy named Tim Sachs. No one's ever heard of him. He's the hardest working guy at hockey every day. We always used to lose battles to him and go, man, he's just a little guy. Why does Sachs always walk off with a puck? And at that level, Zach Hyman's that guy. He goes into corners with guys who are used to winning battles. And you know what? He wins the battle like 60% of the time. And I don't know, what is that quality, you know? How do you teach that quality to your, your son or daughter? Like, what is it that, does he just want it more, or is that cliche? There's got to be more to it than that. But he wins. He wins the battle. And he's not the fastest guy, he's not the biggest guy, not the strongest guy, but he walks off with the puck more than most guys. Figure that out and bottle it and sell it and make millions of dollars, Jason. <laughs> Speck of trade just coming down in the NHL. Hey, what's up? The Anaheim Ducks have traded Jamie Drysdale and a second-round pick in 2025 to Philly for Cutter Gauthier. Woohoo! So two young guys um, being dealt here. Of course, uh, you know, wow, that's uh, um, wow, that's a surprising trade for me. A little How do you bit. trade Cutter Gauthier coming off of that World Junior he just had? That takes cojones. Holy man. Well, I think you look like, at the Flyers... Yeah, they just feel that they wanted to. They want to improve their defense, right? I think they got to get. Drysdale's good. Yeah, like, he's a nice looking defenseman. Oof. That's a huge trade. And the second day. Eh? Yeah. And the second going to Philly. That's a boy. Oh boy, that's a and two teams that are both like neither of them are shooting for a Stanley Cup this year, and it's early January. Right? What well, an odd trade of well, no, intrigue that is. I think to me, Philadelphia feels okay. We get a young defenseman. Right, and by the way, Drysdale was the sixth overall pick back in 2020. Good player, not that nice it mattered. Player, Jason. Yeah, and and so now he's being banged up this year, right? And uh, he was banged up last year. Spec. That's the like he only played eight games last year, and he's only played ten games this year. Now he's just coming back from injury, right? He was out for basically a calendar year, and I think the Flyers, if you look at where they're at, they're like, hey, we want to try to win, and we think we got to improve on defense. So, because or I shouldn't say win, try to stay in the hunt. Because Drysdale at least can help them this year, right? Goche wasn't. So I'm guessing that's their thought process. But this is this is a fascinating, you trade young guys, and there's risk-reward here on both sides. Yeah, oh, for sure there is. Um, you know, I don't know what to tell you. I, I would say to you that, that first, how big's Drysdale? Look him up while we're talking. Oh, Drysdale's like, I think, maybe 5'11". He's not overly big. He's not that big, right? No. And that's a, that a little bit surprised me because Philly's got size issues. They need to get bigger. Um, but 
I don't know. I don't know what to say. I'm really. I, I I can't remember the last time a team had a guy go to the World Junior and look really good. Like, you know, Philly fans who were watching Team USA walk to that gold medal, they were chomping at the bit, right, licking their lips, thinking, "Man, Cutter Goldie!" Like, I I watched a bunch of games. He stood out to me almost every day. Uh, to trade that player is a who oh boy. Yeah. You better be confident you're getting a good one in Drysdale, man. Holy yeah. man! Like I'm wondering. The only thing that I'm wondering, Speck, here was Philly. Did they have any inkling that maybe this was a guy who was not going to sign with them, right? And then you know, because college guys, that's the one advantage they have, well, right? That's, that's like it would seem. Point. It would seem a little early for that, right? But. Um, Why wouldn't you sign his Philly? He's an American. Yeah, well, kid. that's he doesn't I, want to play for Philly. Yeah, I don't know. You never know, man. But yeah, or it's just a. That's a fascinating trade. We don't see trades like that very often. <laughs> it is this a is this trade, is one where is. Connor whispered in my ear, "Did you see the Ducks trade?" I'm like, "No." And so we look it up, and I'm like, "Wow, that's." Oh, uh, and the the good news for this trade is we don't have to deal with anyone saying, "Well, why didn't the Oilers trade for these guys?" The Oilers don't have a, a Cutter Goche or a, a Jamie Drysdale right now that they could no. offer for either one. So. You know, uh, the only thing that makes me, like, shake, looking at it from the outside is Anaheim has a real, now I know Bob Murray's not there anymore, but Anaheim has a real knack for young defensemen. They brought up a lot of good drafted and developed a ton of good young defensemen. One of the best organizations in the National Hockey League at that position. If they're telling you that they they can move that player, I'm going to wonder about that player a little bit. I don't or, know him well enough to be the guy to tell you what's wrong with his game. I like his game. Every time I see Drysdale play, I think he's a good player. But if Anaheim doesn't like him, I'm, shake, I, I'm shaking my toque a little bit. Is that fair? But yeah, well, see, I don't always think a trade means you don't like a player. I think you, if you want to get a cutter Goche, you've got to give up something. Here's what I think. I think the emergence of Padvel uh, Minkoff, the young D-man this year, for, uh, for the Ducks, I think they look and say, okay, here's a young guy. He's bigger, six foot one. Right, a um, little bit younger, the 2002 draft pick, and maybe they view him and say, "Okay, you know what? This is the guy now that not it just makes it say, hey, how can we make our team overall better?" Right, so we move out Drysdale, who we think's a good player, but we bring in Cutter Goche, and who's the GM in Anaheim? Man, Cutter Goche plays a little edge, a little bite to his game yep. spec, the ball yep. of hate in Anaheim. That doesn't surprise me that maybe he goes a out and gets a little ball him. of hate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So like I like the great nicknames in the yeah, game. Yeah, <laughs> I, I still gonna go. I still think there's part of this is for some reason maybe something was amiss with him and the Flyers. That's I, maybe there's got to be something. Like I could be wrong. It's early. It's only in his second year of college. He's only drafted, so he'd have to play. I think the full four cool. years before before he could uh, you know walk away from them. I don't think he could leave after three. If, if my math's correct. Well, and so. remember this too. They get they get Anaheim second, which is you know a high, gonna yes, be a high second. High pick, Anaheim's yeah. gonna draft in the top seven yeah uh that's a pretty good pick for philly if, if philly needs at the deadline if they're still in the thing at the deadline now they got an extra second round pick to move for a player that could be a that could turn into a pretty good player jason yeah, yeah. good trade spec uh we'll talk to you tomorrow from practice we'll see who is starting in goal that sounds good. Talk to you tomorrow. It's Mark Spector and the Spector Board brought to you by Next Gen Transportation. Now, when we come back, Kevin Woodley, all sorts of goaltending chatter from Woodley next. 
Portions of this hour brought to you by Crystal Glass, the clear choice for all your auto, residential, and commercial glass. Call 310-GLASS or book now at crystalglass.ca. The Jason Greger Show, the best of Edmonton sports talk and beyond. This, this is Sports 1440. Presented by PlayAlberta.ca, Alberta's only regulated online gambling website. Met a girl selling drinks at the disco. That truth comes back when you let it go. Seem complicated because it's really so simple. 5.30, scouring through the uh, X machine during the break. <laughs> Sounds like Goche wouldn't even talk, according to uh, LeBron and Saravalli and Dreger, all in different tweets, that uh, Goche wouldn't even talk. To, Dreger just tweeted this out a minute ago. Uh, Briere uh, working on this trade for months. Goche wouldn't sign or talk with the Flyers. <laughs> wow. Kind of interesting, right? Like, how could you sour a relationship that quickly when you're you're a rookie and you can only go to development camp? Can't even go to main camp because he's an NCAA guy. So it's kind of interesting. So who knows? There you go. But uh, lots of things happen, man. Lots of things happen. It's time now talk a little uh, goaltending with uh, Kevin Woodley from Ingo Magazine and NHL.com. Woodley, how you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Maybe the answer is that uh, you see how some of your other younger peers have gone through the Philadelphia system under torts. Not that I know that for a fact, but I mean, certainly we've seen we've seen some examples of younger players um, maybe not uh, having the immediate success, whether fair or not, that they might have expected or the immediate opportunities that their pedigree might have granted them. Kevin, I know if you look at the whole season, you know, Skinner's numbers are now cro- uh, creeping up to 900, which is a pretty big improvement after how bad his first seven games. When it shows you this seven-game uh, really bad window can dig a really deep hole. But do you have some numbers like since December 1st or whatever, November 24th, I don't care, but give around that range, the last six, eight weeks. How do, what, how do his numbers rank league-wide and relative to the team play? Because obviously I think the defensive system and the focus to make more plays has helped, but how much has Skinner just significantly played better himself? Yeah, see, like as we said at the beginning of the season, the environment was terrible and, and he wasn't succeeding behind it. He was below expected. And you basically flip it on its ear. Now the environment's improved and he's outplaying it by a significant margin. Um, you know, he's up there right alongside Linus Allmark since December 1st, uh, not too far behind Connor Hullabuck flirting with the top 10 numbers and adjusted save percentage. So uh, as much as they have gotten better, he has gotten better. And that, I mean, that's, Listen, I mean, that's not a surprise, right? Yeah. Like, it's more predictable. And the biggest thing that's changed is not just off the rush, which we talked a lot about early in this season. And, you know, there were a lot of people ready to throw the baby out with the bathwater when it came to Stuart Skinner. And I think to some degree with Dustin Schwartz as the goaltending coach. But lo and behold, the environment improves from bottom of the league to near top of the league, and the goaltending gets better with it. And I think that when it gets predictable, it gives you a chance, Jason, to outperform it. When it's as bad as it was at the beginning of the season, it's just hard to hold water. And we've seen examples of that around the league, including here in Vancouver with Thatcher Demko at the start of last season. As good as Demko is and has been over the last two, three years, uh, when it gets that bad and that unpredictable, there's just only so much a goaltender can do. That's where the Oilers were. Now that they're one of the better teams, Stuart Skinner looks like the guy who finished last season strong. This is where his numbers were sort of post-trade deadline last season. Um, Now Pickard. Uh, different conversation, of course, hasn't played as much. And so here's my question. Like when I look at Calvin Pickard and I think Skinner's clearly the order starter, but they're coming up after 
the All Star break where they play thirty seven games in the in the final seventy three days. So they're they're going to need their backup. I kind of they're probably going to need their backup to play thirteen, maybe probably four, anywhere thirteen to fourteen games out of there. So um, is Pickard good enough? I guess is my question. Oh, that's a tough question um, because the job he's he's in right now is so hard, Jason. Like we we've talked about this over over the years, right? Like how hard it is as a backup goaltender when you're not playing every night to sort of find that rhythm. And and when I look at Calvin Pickard's game, there's a few extra moving parts. I think he's a guy that probably has more success when he's playing a little more often. But this is this is the job, right? Yes. So it's kind of a there's two sides to this. To this point. Uh, his numbers are below expected, and he's got one of the higher expected save percentages in the league, and he's slightly below that. He grades out since December 1st, uh, 40th in the National Hockey League. So again, like backups, right? You expect your guys to sort of be below the top 30, and that's kind of where he is. I'd also expect that as he has to play more, we might see more out of him. And as we've, you know, I'm not in that room, so you probably can answer this one better for me. Just the teammate he's been. Um, we see it here in Vancouver with Casey DeSmith, the guy that's out there late, uh, for every rep that the forwards need, you know, sort of out there being a target, taking those hard one-timers and power play drills. Like that goes a long way towards having teams play good in front of you. Uh, again, the example here in Vancouver, Casey DeSmith is right up there with Pickard in terms of really high expected and save percentage. So sometimes even though you get tougher starts, the team is willing to go for the wall to the wall for you because of all they recognize all the work you've put in behind the scenes. So, you know, maybe there's an element of that. He's, I know, I know Calvin is a really likable guy and I think there's an NHL goalie there, but the question to me is, is he a plan B that you can count on uh, not just for more games, but if you need him in the playoffs. And that's where I think, you know, the Oilers probably, you know, need to take a deeper look at what they have, whether it's with Olivier, uh, a Rodriguez coming up from the minors or around the league. We saw, you know, I know Eric Comrie with an 863 save percentage. Everybody expected him to clear waivers. I was probably the only guy that wondered if my, some teams might take a look. And that's because his expected was as low as anyone in the league, low by far, like 850. And last year it was 865. Nobody has played behind a tougher environment than Eric Comrie. And I thought a team might recognize that, see that for the most part, for long stretches, he's been able to outplay horrendous environments and maybe give him a shot. I think on a true talent basis, he's probably a goalie who I, you know, I'm biased because I know Eric really well. So throw that out there off the top. You know, I would probably have taken a shot at him ahead of Picard. I'd love to see him. He's never had the chance to play behind a great defensive team. And I, I think he's a guy that could have had a lot of success in Edmonton, but they passed there. We'll see what they do later. I'm kind of curious to see which way they go myself. Um, I know we talked to you a few weeks ago and you mentioned you do a little digging on Rodrigue. So uh, what'd you come up with as far as his numbers? I know it's a little bit harder in the American League. Yeah, it is. I don't have it. You know, that's the thing about ClearSight. They don't do the American League because they do every game in person. And so it requires too much resources um, to, to sort of keep tabs on multiple leagues. It's not AI or uh, computer generated like a lot of the other analytics are. Just watch video and let a computer sort it out. Um, so I don't have access to the same stats. And that leaves me quite limited. But I have talked to, I mentioned it with Connor when I was on with him just before the new year. I have talked to goalie coaches that have been through Bakersfield and watched his game quite closely. And, you know, and, and, and frankly, watched Jack Campbell and, and all of them said to me if they were picking right now to have a goalie come up uh, it would be Olivier Rodrigue ahead of Jack Campbell uh, just in terms of where Jack's game is at and how it looks of late in the American Hockey League and the one thing they say about Olivier Rodrigue is if you attack him in straight lines he's excellent their only question is what happens when you make him move east-west and obviously the game in the NHL has become significantly more dynamic east-west and so there's probably going to be a process there because 
getting stretched out and pulled apart. And he tends to sort of get himself spread out and at times on East-West plays end up flat forward. You know, remember the old Mike Smith, we used to talk about pitching himself forward and ending up on his belly. That There's a little bit of that in Rodriguez's game. And I wonder if in the NHL, as he gets comfortable with the reads, he'd be able to beat more of those plays without getting himself opened up because it is at times a more predictable league as much as there's more talent than you have in the American Hockey League. So I'd kind of like to see it. The second point to that is if that's his biggest weakness, then the Oilers right now are a great team to come into because they have gone, I'm just checking the numbers here, in terms of slot line plays, plays across the middle of the ice since the coaching change or a little bit afterwards. We'll go December 1st. 17th in the NHL off the rush in terms of slot line plays east-west to second, high danger chances against. All situations before December 1st, 26th in the National Hockey League, fourth now. So in other words, if you're bringing up a goalie whose strength is straight line attacks, you're bringing him into an Oilers team right now that is doing a very good job of preventing the East-West that tends to open him up in the American Hockey League. And does that mean it's going to equate right away to immediate success? Of course not. The reads are different. Trusting your game is difficult. Your first time up in the National Hockey League at times, but certainly something you might want to take a look at um, you know, especially before you have to make big decisions, come closer to the trade deadline. Kevin Woodley joins us on uh, Ingle Magazine uh, from Ingle Magazine NHL.com. And I think a big reason why the orders don't claim pick uh, Comrie is if they claim Comrie, then they got Pickard, um, Rodrigue, and Campbell in the minors. Well, you know, what do you do there? So um, I, I could see, like, I can see it because Cal probably has to clear waivers at this point, right? He's been up far. Yeah. Enough. Yeah. Yeah. He would have to clear waivers. And, um, you know, maybe he would clear waivers, you know, but uh, maybe a team would take him or not. And so I think there's the risk there. They're like, well, do we know for sure Comrie's going to come in and be better than Pickard? If he isn't, why are we risking bringing him in and moving Pickard out who we know what we have? So I can yeah. see why Edmonton uh, totally fair. Would, totally would, fair. wouldn't do it. Um, do you have uh we're coming up on the midway point of the uh, season. Um, I had Jay Gottinger as one of the guys I thought would be a favorite for the Vesna. He's being hurt. So it kind of takes him out. Um, Demko was my, the other guy I thought would have a bounce back year and he is, but right now, Kevin, I know you look at all the numbers. If you had to pick in, in no order, but if you had to pick your top three finalists today, who would they be for the Vesna? Oh, it's probably, I mean, Thatcher Demko's in that conversation, but at the start of the season, he was probably number one with a bullet, Jason, but he slipped a little bit here. Like he got off to such an incredible start. He was miles ahead of everyone at the quarter pole. And since then he's played basically around league average, just slightly above expected since December 1st. So sort of using that the last five, six weeks as a, as sort of a, a splitting the season in half there, it's, it, it's been very average. So still in the top three uh, in, in sort of goals saved above expected by Clearside Analytics numbers. The other guy that's right up there with him uh, since the start of the season is Ilya Sorokin. I think you're going to start to hear his name more and more. And, and Connor Hellebuck as well. Obviously, I think he's on a 10-0-2, 12-game point streak. What they're doing in terms of keeping teams under three, um, you know, longest active streak and, and approaching some of the record numbers for, for teams doing that. And Lorraine Bersois full value for that during this run as well. But the thing about Hellebuck is when, when you sort of mix it in with expected, um, that's a really good defensive environment too. Like the Jets are playing really well as a team. And so that might sort of take away from, uh, you know, his chances at it. And at the same time, when you've won it once, GMs like to vote for you a second time. So those are the those are the obvious names. The one that actually leads the league right now in goals saved above expected by ClearSight's numbers might surprise a few people, including in Edmonton. Jacob Markstrom behind a very tough, and I didn't see this coming. I thought this team would be better defensively, that some of that uh, DNA you sort of get from playing behind Daryl Sutter 
and his coaching would sort of transfer over, but they've been really loose defensively. They have leaned heavily on, on goaltending. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. And Jacob Markstrom with one of the lowest expected save percentages in the league uh, is outperforming it by a massive margin. He's up to 15 goals saved above expected. and, And he won't be unless they make a run and get into the playoffs, because we just know how the voting goes. But he should be in the Vesna Trophy conversation as we near the midpoint of the season. That's how good he's been. Okay. A um, few other quick ones. Uh, Copley, done. What does that mean for the Kings? Uh, another team in the market. And, like, outside of James Reimer, Kevin, like, who are the goalies you think could be in the market here to move by the deadline? Well, that's a really good question. I think that could shift depending on what teams, you know, find themselves in or out of playoff races. Like we've seen Minnesota go hot and cold. Um, if they were to hit a cool streak and be out of the playoffs, would they consider moving a Marc-Andre Fleury? Would Marc-Andre Fleury at this point in his career consider moving? Because, you know, again, there's a guy with a, you know, I, I wrote about him. I, we, I actually named him the unmasked goalie of the year because of all the things he's accomplished in his career and the milestones he's reaching over at NHL.com. And not surprisingly, he got some pushback on that because at the time he had an 892. <laughs> but again, when we look at adjusted numbers, um, you know, sort of since December 1st, and there's been a coaching change there as well, and the environment's improved, Marc-Andre Fleury's in the top 10. Uh, when we look at adjusted save percentage over that period of time, I've got him seventh at plus 2.8%, better than even Connor Hellebuck during this streak. So uh, I think this is going to change in terms of who is available, uh, depending on teams that fall in and out of it. In terms of what the Kings are looking to do, maybe that affects their decision. Again, we saw it last year. This is a team goalies want to play behind. Really good defensive environment. Um, Clearly, Camp Talbot is having a lot of success. If you're the Kings, I think you're having a discussion right now internally. Do we just need to find an, an option B? You know, if, if we don't trust David Riddish, do we need to increase the depth? Because they're an injury away from be and, and Cam Talbot's, you know, up there in years. They're a Cam Talbot injury away from being David Riddich and Eric Portillo, who is just getting his feet wet as a professional goalie, is not ready for the National Hockey League. Um, so is it just a depth guy? Or considering how good you are, if you're the Kings, are you taking a look around the league at bigger names and saying, maybe we go all in and upgrade on Cam Talbot as good as he's been? Could we find someone who could be even better behind a defensive environment this strong. And, you know, there's where we see names like, I just mentioned, Jacob Markstrom. Does he get made available? We've heard his name a lot. Does he actually become a guy that becomes an option for other teams? Mm. I would think he'd be near the top of a lot of lists if that were to come to fruition. Mm. All right. 
Well, great stuff, Kev. Uh, I appreciate it. Uh, next week, I'm going to have a fun question. I'll, I'll tell you off air so you can prepare for it. So, uh, uh, you know, we'll, we'll... hey, listen, I promise you I'll do my homework on these things. So I look forward to digging in on one for you. All right. Appreciate it. That's uh, Kevin Woodley from Ingold Magazine, NHL.com. Uh, Jason Greger, Connor Halley with you. Quick break. We'll come back, wrap things up. I've got a lot of text to get to 833-401-1440. Portions of this hour brought to you by On The Rocks. On The Rocks Kitchen and Drink. Watch every single Oilers game at OTR with 450 Molson Canadians and 60 Cent Wings. Plus, play Oilers score and win, and you could walk away with a ton of On The Rocks GCs. Oilers hockey at OTR. Book your table today. Jasper Ave and 118. From puck drop to kickoff. It's the Jason Greger Show on Sports 1440. Presented by PlayAlberta.ca, Alberta's only regulated online gambling website. Five fifty. Welcome back, Greger Show. Declan Kruger uh, sliding in the final segment here for the Con Man. Uh, got a lot of. Te- I always like some random texts that just come out of nowhere. It's great. Hey, guys, maybe it's just me, but why are the orders so bad at scoring empty net goals from J.C.? <laughs> well, J.C., uh, they have four this year. Kane has three of them, so he's good at it. Um, now, I know that they missed a few early, totally fair. I, I didn't think they had many good chances against Ottawa uh, in the empty net, but I will say, you know who leads the league in empty net goals this year? The Jets. They have 12. So they have an empty net. Now, maybe I got to look. Maybe there's been some games where, the, you know, it was 3-2, they pulled the goalie, they scored, and then they pulled the goal again, they scored twice in the same game. So I'd have to look at that to see. But they got 12 empty netters. Florida has 11. So when we say the orders lead the league in goals, but they only have four, which has them tied for 17th with Columbus, Ottawa, Montreal, and the uh, and the Rangers for, uh, for empty net goals. So, um, you know what? They don't... Uh, yeah, they don't. Uh, they don't actually. The Jets have thirteen empty net goals, not even twelve. Thirteen, unreal. There's four teams with double digits. Colorado has ten. Even the Flames have ten empty netters. They have ten empty netters and only uh, their twenty-five wins. Hmm. Or sorry, in their seventeen wins. So think about that. They play a lot of tight games in Calgary. Uh, the orders, well, a few blowout games, but it's a good question, man. I'd have to uh, dig into it a little bit more. Hey, guys, is Kane injured? Uh, he's, to me, if you're injured, you don't play. So uh, he's nicked up. He's got a little something going on. Um, I also think that Evander Kane isn't en- enamored with where he's playing right now. And I don't think you could ever, I don't think he'd be speaking out of school when Evander Kane sometimes is a little bit more about me than the team. So that doesn't surprise me that he's... Now, I would never want a guy to be loving the fact he's third line. However, got to keep playing hard. I don't think he's been playing bad, but I don't think he's been playing up to his potential. I think that's totally fair comment. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Enjoy the championship game. Declan, who's winning? Michigan, 34-28. 34-28. There you go. Uh, and the deck man, he covers NCAA football intently, so he knows. 34-28. All right, put it down at playalberta.ca if you want. Stay within your limits, playalberta.ca. Let's get to uh, Declan Kruger and a Sports 1440 update brought to you by Legacy Heating and Cooling. Home of the no payments, no interest for one year in your furnace. Don't wait until it blows down now because it is getting cold. You want to stay warm? Go to legacyheating.ca. This is a Sports 1440 update.
And for your sports 1440 update, plenty of action around the NHL. The Canucks lead the Rangers 3-1 at the end of the first period. Penguins also up on the Flyers 2-1 at the end of the first. Later tonight, it is the Stars in Minnesota against the Wild and the Bruins on the road in Colorado against the Avalanche. Plenty of action in the NBA as well. Bulls lead the Hornets 37-31. Celtics down against the Pacers 50-48. Thunder up Thunder up 53-44 on the Wizards, and the Heat lead the Rockets early 14-11. NCAA National Championship game got going just a few minutes ago. Michigan currently leads that one 7-0 with just over 10 minutes in the first quarter. Earlier today, the Toronto Maple Leafs signed winger William Nylander to an eight-year, $92 million contract extension. The deal carries an average annual value of $11.5 million. NFL firings as the Carolina Panthers fired general manager Scott Fitterer, leaving assistant general manager Dan Morgan in charge of the day-to-day operations for the time being. And the Atlanta Falcons also firing coach Arthur Smith, who after two season, t- seasons finished with a record of 21-30 and 30, going 7-10 and 10 each year. That's going to do it for us. We'll be back with Fox Sports Radio at 9. Carrius and Douglas back tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. I'm Declan Kruger, and this has been a Sports 1440 Update. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.